Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back to another edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host and your champion for now and forever, the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman, joined alongside my tag team partner for all time and eternal challenger, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. The forbidden door has been opened. <laughs> Blasted open. <laughs> it has, actually. Yeah, but- you know, that's a good point. We haven't really talked since the forbidden door has been uh, opened. Yeah, I had to laugh at how many times that's been repeated. I'm going to say <laughs> I love it. You, you got to love whoever fucking came up with the phrase of forbidden door. Like, I don't know if that was a Tanahashiism or something else, but hmm. it's caught on. That's a good question. Because I know it started around the Jericho feud. Like, that was when they first started talking about it. And I thought mm-hmm. Tanahashi said it first, but I couldn't remember for sure if that's the case. Or even if it is, then did he come up with it or somebody else? That would make sense. But hey, regardless of who came up with it, I'm glad that it's here, and I'm glad that it's open now. At least it's starting to crack open. It's definitely not, like, blown open, like I think some people are wanting to say, but... Now, Tanahashi may have come up with it, but AEW is reportedly trying to register Forbidden Door and Forbidden Portal as trademarks. Of course they are. <laughs> of course. You know what? I hope that if um, at some point, if like Tanahashi does show up in AEW at some point, just for like a match or whatever, I want his entrance to be like that he comes out of a Forbidden Door or a Forbidden Portal or whatever. <laughs> It's just literally a door that just says forbidden on it. Yeah. Or actually, no, maybe what if that could be like a whole thing of like anybody from New Japan, like whatever they come over, they have to come through the forbidden door. <laughs> Although I guess Kevin I just watched, I don't know, did he? <laughs> I just watched the uh, APA documentary on the WWE Network and it just reminded me when they had like the, just the door set up in the middle of the room when they were playing cards and stuff and you had to walk through the door. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah no the, the forbidden door uh, so um speaking of the forbidden door though uh before we get into some other specific matches involving forbidden doors and predictions mm-hmm. that, who are some other people you would like to see walk through that forbidden door one way or the other i mean number one's got to be okada coming over to aew right yeah yeah that would definitely be a big one for sure Oh, but do you count though? So he was at at uh, All In, right? The before it was AEW. So do you count that, or would you like to see him like now that it's officially AEW? Oh, no, I, I definitely don't count that because AEW wasn't a thing yet. Like All In yeah. was the last. Like that was the big thing that then, for sure, spawned AEW afterwards. Yeah. 
So yeah, I would not count that as him having been in AEW yet. So him, he would still need to go through the forbidden door if we're mm-hmm. using the terminology. I think probably the top of my list at this point, especially as long as uh, Kenny Omega is champion, would be uh, Ibushi. Mm, yeah. I would definitely want to see Ibushi versus Omega. Champion versus champion. That could be Former killer. Golden Lovers. Mm-hmm. That, that um, would be exciting. I would definitely watch the shit out of that match. I mean, again, just to like kind of finish off the top guys out of New Japan, like Naido, I'd love to see come mm-hmm. over. Yeah, Naito for sure. Um, um, I think probably like the other way some people I'd really like to see maybe go over to New Japan. Like I would really like to see uh, like I think Orange Cassidy and like Best of Super Juniors. Ooh, that would be interesting. I would really like to see the Lucha Bros. I think they could do well. That would be in ring. That would be fantastic. Now, mm-hmm. just to jump back to Orange Cassidy. Do you want to see him like is it the in ring work or is it his character? That you want to see? Uh, both. I think that I think his character would actually do really well in Japan. See, like, okay, I'm gonna make a little bit of a maybe a weird take. I don't know if anybody's made this comparison before, but I think it makes uh-huh. way too much sense. But like, have you heard about kind of like how there's like a big sort of disconnect and like a lot of people in Japan clearly like Sonata, but there's like a number of people in America who are kind of like, eh, fuck Sonata. Yeah, I think that Sonata and Orange Cassidy are very, very similar. Like, they have a lot hmm. of the same appeal. And it kind of, like, I get why there's a little bit more of the extra character bits that, like, appeal to the American crowd for Orange Cassidy, but, like, I feel like in the same way that his character would do well in Japan, I think Orange Cassidy could do really well in Japan. And I, I think if maybe more people were to realize some of the parallels between Orange Cassidy and Sonata, I think maybe more Americans could be more into Sonata. Interesting. Because they're both, I, they're I, both like, too cool for school. That's, like, central to their character. Yeah. I feel like Sonata, though, does a little more talking, though, right? I mean, not really. He doesn't talk very much. <laughs> oh, okay. Naito's a big talker. Yeah. Uh, like, And then Shingo would probably talk a decent amount. Hiromu talks a decent amount. But, yeah, Sonata's, Sonata's pretty quiet. So, yeah, I would say that's a direct comparison. He, he does take his hands out of his pants. He doesn't have the pockets. <laughs> but he has, like, the emotional equivalent of the pockets. Of, like, you, he doesn't do moves to excessive amounts when he doesn't have to. Like, he moves yeah. at a lower pace because he's going at his pace, not the pace that everybody else is dictating for him to go at. Like, you know, I think they have, they're very similar. Similar energy. And I think they could be a tag team. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> Orange skull. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, in terms of uh AEW stars going over there, I would absolutely want to see FTR go over there. Hell yeah, FTR. Oh, and you know what? Pack? I would love to see Pac. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would that would be some good matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. And I also love I I love the all this collaboration. I love that impacts in on it. Mm-hmm. What who what are the other I'm trying to think of some of the other relationships? <laughs> Basically everybody except for ROH. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point it's everyone except oh. Ring of Honor. Oh, poor Ring of Honor. Because I think was it Triple? It's Triple A that AEW has a relationship, right? Because that's where yep. Yep. Lucha Brothers came from. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then Kenny Omega, I still think, has one of their titles, right? Or I think, yeah, that? does he still have their, uh, what is it, the uh, Grand Championship or something like that? I'm not sure the title of it or the name of it, but yeah, he definitely has some title of theirs. Um, but yeah, so it's like basically AAA, you know, Impact, AEW, New Japan, like the doors are definitely opening more and more. And uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see because I think we, I feel like we definitely talked about this years ago. We were saying like this could happen. Like if a bunch of these other companies all started working together, they could make enough of a market share that I think could definitely compete with, even if not like on the level that it's like threatening WWE's existence. But like it can compete on the level that it could completely sustain itself, I think, and for quite a while and do really well. Yes, it's the AAA Mega Championship, and uh, okay, Kenny Omega holds it. Yeah, there we go. The mega championship. But yeah, it's really <coughs> cool to see this alliance starting to kind of form in all these companies and at least working relationships, I suppose. Maybe that's a better term. Yeah, and I mean and they apparently there's already been, according to reports, there's already been the like uh idea disagreement. Uh what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess idea disagreement with Sammy Guevara apparently went to impact and then plans were scrapped because he didn't like the ideas, tossed out his own ideas, and they weren't accepted. And apparently Impact and AEW got over it, and, but they're still working together. So it's like, that's cool. going to happen, and people can get over it. Exactly. And I think the other thing that I'd be interested to see would be like, in an alternate timeline, would these working relationships have progressed in the way they did had COVID not happened? So I feel like that's actually one of the mm. big factors that's pushed a lot of this forward because, you know, the wrestling business is definitely hurting. You know, oh, absolutely. Being, you know, down or non-existent, depending on where you are. And so how many more of these agreements have been made or accelerated if they were eventually going to be made anyway due to everybody being a little bit more desperate because of COVID? I think you're totally right there because, I mean, Tony Khan has already said that AEW wouldn't be around right now if it weren't if they didn't get that new TV deal. Mm-hmm. Literally, right before the pandemic happened, I think. Right? Yeah, I think, I think it was like beforehand, January of last year. Yeah, like it, it's wild to think, yeah, you know, from two different perspectives. Like one, like how much more would these companies maybe have uh, prospered? Like had the COVID had not happened, and then how much would that have meant that they maybe aren't incentivized to work together or Mm. what else would have happened but it's it's really cool to see and i think it is for the better for all these companies to be working closer together yeah like there's i don't i don't see any negative to it basically yeah i mean as long as like (laughs) the people are in charge of it like do treat it well like then i think it will work well but like obviously yeah like with any kind of cooperation if somebody's going to screw somebody over like there is potential for that but like as long as they are still working for their mutual benefit i think there's a lot of mutual benefit to be had yeah i don't think there's going to be any uh you know sending okada to impact wrestling for him to become yeah. okado <laughs> yeah hopefully none of that shit oh my gosh I forget what I was. I was listening to a podcast that was uh, reviewing an old TNA show, and that one came up, and I was like, "Oh God, I forgot about that." (laughs) Yeah, it was the whole Green Hornet thing, right? That was a. Yep, Samoa Joe was the Green Hornet. (laughs) 
Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I really don't think there's gonna be hopefully too many more of those. But uh, you know, maybe maybe like so. Maybe they could send Master Wado over somewhere and figure something out. <laughs> have like another version for him. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe it, it worked out for Okada. So maybe if they just do some shit with him, maybe he'll come out the other side with like becoming the next Rainmaker. <laughs> yeah, just do something really bad for a while. That's how you get your Maybe that's the process, right? Like almost I feel like almost all the really great stories have like a shit beginning. You know, like the rock Rocky Maivia was awful. Yeah, like, <laughs> Stone Cold, like Steve Austin wasn't amazing. Like he was a good hand or whatever, but he wasn't amazing. Like so many of these other people have like weirder, rockier beginnings. So maybe, maybe this is all part of it. Yeah, I think you could be right. Well, yeah, if dig through shit case, before you get to the gold. Yeah. If if hardship is the uh, indicator for greatness later, then the newest young lion. I don't know if you heard about this guy, but he is absolutely destined for greatness. Then. He had his first fucking TV match against uh, Yui Uramura, another young line. And in like uh-huh. the first 10 seconds, like he fucking scrambled and like dislocated his fucking elbow. Oh, Jesus. Like, so now the guy's out for who knows how long. <laughs> it's like this poor motherfucker. Like he literally, they were like, here's the young line, the debut match. Let's go. First square. Yeah. Boom. Fuck. He's out. Hit the X. He's out of here. It's like. <laughs> What happened? I, I had to rewind it like three times to catch. Oh man, I feel bad for that guy. I really like. I that's got to be the shits. Right. Yeah. Speaking of people who have uh, had much better luck, then uh, shall we get on to Castle Attack and the aforementioned linked matches? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's see. All right, I'm going to open up with uh, what should be one of the biggest locks for this whole pay-per-view. I'm going to go and take the Empire, Osprey, and Cobb to overcome uh, Kojima and Tenzon. They've been kind of doing this feud for a little while, and I think this is probably going to be the end of it, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Seems yeah. like a good, good opportunity for like the, you know, the young guys who are angry to just keep killing and putting down these old guys to uh, you know, show they're dominant, basically. Yeah, I feel like New Japan's been on a young kick recently. Yeah, they're definitely having to... You know, I think part of that is because of COVID, so they don't have access to some of their talents. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, I think they're also just in general... like they like to try and build people up, but yeah, right now they're definitely in a phase of focusing on some younger people like Osprey getting his new faction and then having like both Cobb and Okan in there. Like those are both kind of newer, younger guys as far as new Japan's concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, also having like Jay White is still kind of like a younger guy, I think, and him still being a very prominent figure. Like that's another big part of that. Oh yeah. I think he's definitely young guy. Cause Apparently he signed some ridiculously long deal, didn't he? Like eight years or something like that. That was a rumor from a while ago, and yeah, I I'm like I I think it's true, even though Jay White has more recently been trying to like muddy some of the waters. When recently there was the rumors about yeah. leaving or not, and he was kind of trying to backtrack on some of that. But yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, but then yeah, I think like a lot of the other 
kind of younger juniors have been getting a lot of spotlight too. Like show got a lot of spotlight this year, even though he's not on this card um, getting Desperado. Like that's another big one to step up mm-hmm. to see what he does. But yeah, they're definitely in. And then like evil having his big step up in bullet club, like that's uh-huh. a big kind of younger guy move, I guess. I mean, holding the title for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, depending on the fate of all this sort of stuff, he might be one of the last guys to ever hold the intercontinental title. Yeah. Because hey, we'll talk about when we get to the main event, I guess, depending on when we talk about it. But, like, the, the sort of implication of that is that basically either the titles are going to be unified after this or separated again. And then if they are unified, the way that Naito talks about it, he says that's the death of both title lineages. Of both. Oh, interesting. Right. Because then it would be like a new kind of like joint lineage or whatever. So he's uh, like, okay. that would end the Intercontinental title and. In his brain, at least, I guess, end the IGW or IWGP heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we can get to that when we talk to the main event. Unless you wanted to jump to the main event now, but it's your pick. Uh, my pick, I think, is going to be uh, for the never open weight champion Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think he's going to defeat the Great Okan. Okay. I could definitely see. I don't know. I could definitely see it both ways, but like, I feel like really? over time. Well, I, for for one reason, uh, because they fought so recently, like they fought at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, and Okan lost to Tanahashi, and then now they're rematching again so soon. I oh, would, you would do that is because Okan's going to win this time, even if it's not clean. Like, even if he wins, I don't expect it to be clean. Like, I expect the Empire to cheat on his behalf in some way. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. The more as time has gone on, I do think there's probably more likely Tanahashi wins with, like, more and more talk of the open, the forbidden door being open. And then him being like, oh, well, I could go defend this anywhere and stuff. So then it's like, you know what? That's probably a little too tempting. Like, as nice as it might be to, like, try and put over Okan big by having him, like, win this title from Tanahashi, like, I don't know. The prospect of having Tanahashi like, come to the United States would be even bigger. Yeah. But, like, I feel like he could do that even without the Never title. You know what I mean? That's true. He is Tanahashi. <laughs> yeah. It, like, the bigger part is that it's Tanahashi. Not that it's like, oh, well, it's Tana as the Never champion. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's cute that he's kind of in the undercard. Like, I actually really appreciate that. Because it feels to me, like, very cathartic after, like, all the de- in my brain, like, the abusive years of Cena just being, like, a guy who's just, like, I'm on the top, and I don't give a fuck about the mid card or giving back or putting people over. <laughs> and like the kind of equivalent of Tanahashi being very Cena esque, but then is actually like putting people over. <laughs> it warms my He's heart. He's like, this is how you do it. It's like, this is how you do it. This is how you be the face that runs the place, man. This is how you be a once in a century talent. Uh, but yes, yeah, so ultimately, I feel like you're probably right on Tanahashi, but I could see Okan winning this through some fuckery. Um, all right, let's see. What are we going to go to next? Uh, all right. I'm going to go this because I'm equally confident, but I also just want to talk about it now. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say that Kenta takes the U.S. title from Moxley. Uh, yeah, I think that's... Because I feel like this thing has been built up for so goddamn long. Yeah. I feel like if Kenta doesn't win this thing, 
<laughs> it's gonna be such a letdown. I, like that would be the biggest like cock block tease of all time. <laughs> like I would feel so bad for Kenta. <laughs> it's like this motherfucker's had this briefcase for like a year. And he's been defending this thing against motherfuckers, and then he loses <laughs> the title. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god! And just like I feel like with how much like insane shit they've had to go through just to make this match happen, like. Please just get the U.S. title off of Moxley. Please let it come back to New Japan and they can do stuff with it. Like, I just, I don't want to have to, I don't want them to have to go through this headache again. I, as a fan, don't want to have to go through this headache again of worrying about, like, this fucking title and if it's going to mean anything. (laughs) Because trapped in another company. Yeah, and I mean, just free up Moxley to go. He's he's got a great program going on with Omega right now. Like, focus Mm -hmm. on that. He, he, he doesn't need the title to go back over to New Japan. He can go over and fight whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. So. True, true. And then plus, I mean, like, if they were to add this extra layer of, of feud with Kenta, then if he does go back, that's already an extra built-in story, you know? Yeah. So I definitely feel like Kenta's got to win, even if it's through some absolute fuckery, which I would not be surprised if there is some total fuckery. Like if AEW was like, well, we don't want Kenta to beat him clean, you know? Like, oh, uh, I don't know. I, I could see players. I could like, see Tony Khan being like, yes, I know my my guy has to lose. So, Like, I, I don't think they're totally against it. Like, But I wouldn't be surprised either if it was kind of one of those situations where they have to put in some stipulations. But honestly, like I don't care how he does it. As long as Kenta takes the title, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be the absolute bullshittiest title steal of all time, and I don't care. Like literally, all of Bullet Club can come out, kick Moxley a hundred times in the dick, and then just roll him up, and I'll be like, fine, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as long as it's on Kenta's waist and back in New Japan's grasp. That's all I care about. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I have to say about that match. Because like, I I figured out one of my hesitations because I wanted to get back into AEW and I was starting to find it a lot easier. And I realized that I was holding this whole situation against AEW. <laughs> I was like, half the reason I wasn't watching AEW is because I feel like it's less engaging from the lack of crowds. But the other reason was because I was like, fuck you guys are holding the US title hostage. I'm not watching your <laughs> shit. Now that this is like being resolved, I'm like, all right, I can watch AEW again. I I, I forgive you. I forgive you now. Uh, yeah, anything else to uh, add to this match? No, uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. I I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, I marked out when Kenta showed up on AEW and mm-hmm. uh, Moxley. I I guess I also marked out when Moxley appeared on that. Uh, what is it? New Japan, New Japan Strong is the American show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was really exciting. It's like, oh god, thank you. Finally, they're gonna do something. <laughs> and just, I don't know. I, I'm boxing. Kenta seems exciting. It should be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with, and this could kill me in the end, but for the uh, junior heavyweight championship. I think El Phantasma takes it. Okay. I could definitely see that. 
Yeah, El Fantasma. He's got the um, this whole like hidden object in the boot storyline going on, where he's got this like crazy deadly super kick called the Sudden Death. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's been he's been on fire right now as a heel for a little while. So I could definitely see him taking it. It's hard to say. Yeah, because shit. Like, all right. I feel like he's got the perfect case for that reason of like he's got the good story going on as like the 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 junior heel right now in a lot of ways. And he, and he was the scheduled guy, right? Like Right. And he was originally scheduled to fight Soromu here for this opportunity. But then like Despy has a great case and that I think like he's obviously somebody the crowd really wants to get behind. This could be a great interesting opportunity to like elevate him and see how it goes and then you know hold it until Hiromu gets back and then revisit their feud, which is great. Plus, with him, him and I guess Bushi also for this argument, they're guys who are Japanese, so they don't have to eventually leave the country or whatever. And I don't, guess I don't know what El Fantasma's plans are, but I figured the guy eventually wants to go home to Canada for a little while. So it'll probably be easier to do that if he's not the junior champion. Whereas if he is the junior champion, I'd imagine they want him to stick around for quite a while longer. So Despy's got that going for him, but then Bushi has going for him the fact that, like, obviously he's Japanese, same faction, so there could be kind of like the, you know, I'm holding it for Hiromu thing. Um, but then again, he also has the fact that he just got pinned really recently by El Phantasma when he didn't need to be. And I don't know. I'm kind of thinking there's a distinct possibility he's the one that's being put in here to take the pin. You know what I mean? Mm, okay, yeah. Like, that if the idea was like, okay, originally we were going to have Hiromu and Phantasmo, and I think Hiromu was probably going to retain through here, but then it's like, all right, if we're switching gears, and if Phantasmo is probably going to be the one that wins, then they're probably going to build to either the rematch with Hiromu down the line, obviously, or in the meantime, maybe Despy, especially since they took the tag titles. And this would be a way of getting around either one of them pinning each other now is by El Phantasma pinning Bushi. Shit. So yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Phantasma fucking is going to win this. Uh, but you know what? All right, I'm going to go on the outs because like, despite the fact that I think Desperado has a better chance in the long term, I'm going to... Oh, damn it. No, I have to pick out Desperado. I have to. I can't pick Bushi because I know there's no way. It's not going to be Bushi. Like, it's just not. Like, I wish that Bushi had more of a chance, but, like, he just doesn't. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so I'm going to say Desperado because I was going to say, like, maybe Bushi's the wild card here. But he's just not. He's the guy who's going to take the pin. <laughs> wild card. Yeah, it's El Desperado. They just got the tag titles back. So, yeah, it's got to be it's Phantasma. But I'm, I'll pick Desperado as my secondary choice. All right, so what are we going to go for next? Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say that Okada gets his revenge over Evil because Okada and Evil faced off in the finals of the New Japan Cup last year. And this is kind of actually what this match is really about. This is kind of like looping back to that. Uh, so Okada, I think, is going to get his win back, and this is going to perfectly set him up for, you know, said New Japan Cup, which is coming up right after Castle Attack. Mm-hmm. 
So then Okada will be looking as you know one of the prime candidates for like, oh, well, look at that. He just beat the guy who beat the one. You know, he won it the last year, and it was the guy that he lost to in the finals. So Okada's primed to win New Japan Cup this year. And the motherfucker actually might win. I wouldn't be surprised if he did win this year. Yeah, I feel like that would kind of catapult him back up to the top again. Mm-hmm. And then plus, like, Ibushi had faced Naito and Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's been all the way, I think, since G1, since Okada and Ibushi have faced off. So if they were to do so after New Japan Cup, that would have been quite a while. Yeah. you do, And <clears throat> New Japan always does a good job of that. But I feel like other companies, I guess AW hasn't been around long enough yet to, to know. It was like, can they keep guys apart to make matchups fresh? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I'm, that's my reasoning. I think Okada's going to take this to sort of even out the score and prime him for the New Japan Cup. But, you know, Evil's definitely a major player. If they wanted All to, right. like, I don't know if, if they would have an idea to try and, like, really extend out this feud and make it, like, a really longer standing personal feud because if evil beat okada again i feel like that would be one of those situations where then it's like oh shit can okada be evil these days like or has evil eclipsed him somehow you know what i mean yeah i mean if they i feel like if they really want to establish evil at the top mm-hmm. that's the way you would do it right i think so I feel like he's slowly but surely growing even more and more into his heel role over time like i think he's figuring out the nuances of it Mm-hmm. And clearly, the Japanese crowd agrees too, because like I don't know if you know uh, this, but like basically, as far as like merch figures and stuff, like Evil's merch is like insanely popular. Oh, it's crazy! So, like, definitely, it's working for some people over there for sure. And not just like his old merch, but I mean like the new version too, like the Evil Bullet Club stuff. Um. So, unless there's anything else on that match, then we can go on to the next one, whatever you'd want to pick. Um, what do I want to pick? Uh, I think Gorillas of Destiny retain. Mm. Yep, that's, yeah, you're probably right on that one. <laughs> Didn't they, because they just won them at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just won them at Wrestle Kingdom from uh, Dangerous Techers. Yeah, uh, and then plus also like as as fucking baller as Godo Yoshi and Ishii have been as uh, trios champions, I just don't see them putting another belt on Yoshi quite yet. Like, it was a big enough deal for him to finally get a belt that I feel like if Yoshi has <laughs> also they're just like give him all the belts. Like now, if all of a sudden he's a double champion, it's like, what? Like he's a triples champion and he's the tag champions? Like, damn Yoshihashi. <laughs> like, not that I wouldn't be potentially personally excited to see that i just feel like it almost might be too much too fast for like the type of underdog that he is yeah i would, I would go against his character. titles and then him get the tag titles if he were going to get the tag titles with somebody mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just like while other people definitely can be characters with more than one belt or something like i feel like yoshihashi should never be somebody who has multiple belts that just seems wrong <laughs> The apocalypse is surely coming if Yoshihashi is multiple. If Yoshihashi becomes the new collector, opposite of Kenny Omega. 
Oh my god, could you imagine that Yoshihashi becomes the collector in New Japan and then it leads up to a match with Kenny? This is is why we needed the US title back in New Japan, was so that Yoshihashi could win it and start the collector (laughs) storyline. Makes too much sense. Yeah, but yeah, I I definitely agree. I feel like this is Gorilla of Destiny's uh, match to win. For sure. Uh, So, they'll get the win there. And... Hmm. I think then I will capitalize on that also to go off of that kind of extended feud. I'd say that Jay White gets his win over Ishii here as well. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Like, I feel like Ishii could still beat him here and they could lead to another match, like whether it be in the Japan Cup or something else. But at the same time, it also kind of feels like it could be time. Like, I feel like this could be right. Like, Jay White could win it. But shit, I don't know. Like, if he if he does beat him, then, then like, I don't know why they wouldn't just re-challenge for the trios titles. Shit. Uh, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Jay White winning. I feel like he will. I can see him winning. But I just gave myself a reason as to why Ishii could win. So now my brain is confused. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. I think it's going to be Jay White, though. I feel like Jay White just did too much of a priority. And this is probably the natural end for the Ishii feud. Yeah, I mean, him going away for that month. Ever since he's come back, he's been hot. So, I mean, he has. And, like, I guess... I guess because it's worked so well, I shouldn't say anything about how I think they should have done it differently, but there's a part of me that feels like he should have stayed away for a little longer. Oh, absolutely. Like I don't, I don't think anyone yeah. disagrees with that. I think he should have stayed away either until like what they're about to do with like and either announcing the new Japan Cup, like either come back for that or maybe come back for like the G one. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he had been gone even longer, I think that really could have like worked really well. But I guess it depends on what direction they want to go. So, because it wasn't it wasn't gone long enough to be like really questioning it, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was just like, oh, he's back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, like I guess depending on what their long term plan was, because if they, if they wanted to actually just double down on him being a heel, then I guess maybe fucking with that expectation might be even better, and having him just then undercut that, like his because <laughs> that I felt like was a clear sign of like that they could eventually turn him babyface if they want to because of how devastating this loss was. Yeah. But then, like, if they don't want to go that way, and if they're just like, ah, oh, fuck that, like, you'd just be a heel and be like, ah, oh, you know what, screw that. Like, I was just fucking with you all. Like, I wasn't really going to go away. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that could be another, like, a 3D chess. Like, they're really fucking with my emotions and expectations. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Jay White wins this. I feel like... Because the amount of losses that he's had to Ishii, too. I think he's lost to Ishii twice. For leading up to this, basically. So, yeah, there was the, the big loss at the G1 last year, and then there was the um, New Year's Dash. So, yeah, if he gets one here, then if you were even, even if he were to get another win in, like, the New Japan Cup, say, then that would be, like, two apiece. So, okay. Jay White wins. It's time for the road match. Jay White wins. Uh, What matches do we have left? 
One what? Uh, what matches do we have left? Oh, all right. Uh, so we've got the IC title match with Ibushi and Naito. We've got the uh, King of Pro Wrestling 2021, Yano versus Chase Owens in a strap match. Uh, and then I was thinking we could also do just like the singles matches, Yoshihashi versus Tongaloa and Hiroki Goto versus Tamatanga, or we don't have to if you don't want to, but I don't know. Those are oh, we'll standout matches too. Yeah. Um. Wow, both of these are actually hard to predict. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the King of Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think Yano retains it. I agree. I feel like Yano probably retains this. Even though it's just like strap match with Chase Owens, like that just screams mm-hmm. he wins it, but I don't know. True, but uh, there was like a little subtle variation because like, uh, so it's supposed to be like a touch the four corners to win it thing. But then yeah. Yano had gotten uh, the poll, so it was like they the fans voted. And you don't just have to touch the corner pads. You actually have to um, take them off. So I think that'll give Yano the, the key advantage he needs. Is mm. that he's so good at taking the corner pads off that that'll help him get the win there. So yeah, you're, I think you're right. Yano will probably win over Chase. Because also, I feel like Yano's just beaten bigger and better names for this thing. So I don't know. Giving it to Chase would then mean that you have to do another Chase Owens singles match against somebody. And I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? (laughs) I I don't know why the fuck you'd go out of your way to do that. So I'd much rather have a Yano match against just literally fill in the blank than Chase Owens versus fill in the blank. So, Uh, all right, then let's go. All right, so actually I'm going to say that uh, Tonga Loa is going to get the win over uh, Yoshihashi in their singles match on the night before the tag match because Yoshihashi was the one that pinned Tonga Loa in the trios match when they fought for it. So this is recompense. So wait, hold on. Who do you think wins? Tonga Loa. So I think Tonga Loa is going to get oh. a win back over Yoshi. Okay. For a second, I thought you said Yoshi gets the win, and you were like, because Yoshi won. Oh, did I misspeak? Okay. If, if I, no, no, no. I, 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 I might have misheard you, but that's why I was just so confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm taking Tagaloa over Yoshi. So he can get his revenge. So I then think, jumping off that then real quick, mm-hmm. I think Goto gets the win over Tamatanga. Okay, yep, even it out. I think they split it out, yeah. That makes some sense. And that's that's probably how I'd book it too, right? One one person apiece gets it? Yeah. Um, I mean, he could do the two. I, I really think... I, I like your reasoning on Yoshi and Tanga, but I, I, don't, I don't think Goto and Tamatanga have as much history, right? So I feel like that's a coin flip one. Yeah, not as not as much history that I'm aware of recently or anything. So, yeah, that could kind of go either way. But yeah, probably just even it out. Probably then go to gets the win. All right, and so then we have the main event. We've got Kotobushi versus Naito for the Intercontinental Title. Very much with some implications that like so. Kota has been saying that basically uh, himself and it sounds like the uh, the board or whatever that run New Japan that like if he wins going at it they're probably going to unify the titles um so this is why naito is challenging for exclusively the intercontinental title 
to separate them so that then both mm. their original title lineages will stay intact. <sighs> um. Yeah. This is so hard. Um, I I have to pick. I have to pick. I'm glad I left this one to you. I, <laughs> this is probably such a calculation on your part. <laughs> I was avoiding it 100%. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. This is so hard. Like, I'm really glad that they've put together such a compelling enough story that this is hard to figure out what's going on and that I'm just excited to see what happens either way. Um, but all right. So my Naito, I say Naito wins and saves the intercontinental title. I think so too, because there's a chance yeah. that I think they combine them and just create a new title, but the intercontinental has mm. such a rich history that, yeah, it, it really does. It has such a unique and very cool history to it, um, which also then leads to obviously lots of like merchandising opportunities and things that then would be probably cut down on. Um, but the other thing I'm thinking too is just as far as like when they're booking things, like this is something that if they were to do, they basically can't go back on it, right? But if they want to do it later they could always revisit the concepts. You know what I mean? So, like, if they separate the titles now, but then later get the idea yeah. of, like, oh, you know what? Actually, we kind of do want to unify them. Like, they can still do it. So that's that's the other thing that kind of makes me think that, like, they're not going to do it now. Especially because it feels to me like if the Intercontinental title with how big and important it is, we're going to be gone forever. Castle Attack doesn't seem to be big enough. Because that's, to my knowledge, this is a... Yeah, no, I haven't heard, heard like, it one of the historic shows they've had from year to year where, where I feel like they'd want to get rid of it. The other thing I keep thinking too is like, you know, just the possibility of, right, like, continuing to hearken on the history of the belt itself and they can, especially like, if, for example, like, I feel like if Shinsuke Nakamura ever comes back, there's so much possibility with that too. Uh, and I, I really hope that happens someday. I think my last piece of evidence that I think probably leads to Naito winning is that it just it feels like there's a really simple solution as far as then what you do going forward right now at this point. Because I feel like with Naito then all of a sudden pinning the champion, that would be really hard to then get around as far as then like why doesn't he then challenge him for the world title. But with the New Japan Cup coming up, you can have somebody beat Naito. That sets up your Intercontinental title match. Somebody else beat Kota. So then he's out and or, you know, whoever wins the New Japan Cup also sets up his match, which also I guess probably Kota just wouldn't be in the New Japan Cup. So yes, whoever wins challenges Kota, whoever beats Naito in the cup challenges Naito. So then boom, you've already got two separate yeah, tracks. Yeah, that, that's usually how New Japan does it. They have multiple options come out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely can't write off the possibility entirely because like, I feel like it would make a lot of sense if they were to unify it in this way, especially because, like, this is a little bit of crackpot theory, which goes back to my <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom 15 thoughts, which didn't quite pan out all the way. I was, like, 90% right as far as my predictions for how things were going to go down. With Kota Bushi winning, 
Jay White losing right at the last moment. Mm. The only thing I got wrong was I thought there was going to be the double turn. However, if they were still considering the possibility of trying to turn Kota Ibushi heel, I think this might be a really interesting way to do it. Like, if he was the one who killed the Intercontinental title, mm. basically, by, like, sacrificing it into whatever new title they make, and especially by like, beating Naito to do it when Naito's trying to save it, like, I don't know. That could be interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. I think overall, I'm definitely going to stick with my prediction. I think Naito wins it. I also think, because plus, if, if Naito wins his back, in a lot of ways, do you think this would, in the long term, even though the Intercontinental and uh, World Heavyweight title were joined for a while, the level of prestige this match has behind it and the fact that Naito would beat Kota Ibushi to get the Intercontinental title back, do you think that would reinstill a lot of the prestige of that title and show that it basically is almost the equivalent uh, that's that's a tough one. of the World Heavyweight title? Or, yeah, or do you think that, like, basically the year that it was held hostage just kind of, like, diminished its value to the point I that def- it wouldn't have come back the same way? that New Japan uh, could bring, bring it back to the same pre- prestige. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's not WWE, so, so I have faith. Oh, you know what? Actually, I was just this just idea popped in my head now too. But like, if they wanted to also get around the uh, booking prompt they seem to be potentially running into for future years with like doing Wrestle Kingdom in two nights, having the Intercontinental Title and the World Title being separate might also really help with that too. Because then you could like main event one of the nights with the Intercontinental Title. That would absolutely help the them. Title or night with because I think that's title. Uh, what one of the negatives of uh, mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom. Last year, is that that when they only have like the one title defense, or was it this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. Uh, this year, yeah, this year was the only. Yeah. The last. Yeah, this year was the one defense. Last year was the double gold dash. So it was like the. Intercontinental title and heavyweight title on night one, then heavyweight title. Exactly. So, so having like intercontinental take one night, heavyweight take the other night, that would be. Yeah, I think it would bring more interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then actually, like, kind of like maybe counterintuitively, based on just like the way that. Um, the Japanese fans are because uh, January 4th is such a like uh, yes. monumental night. Like that's the night that is like Wrestle Kingdom, right? Like it actually might, they might do it the other way. They're like the heavyweight title will be on January 4th yeah, and that makes the intercontinental titles on night two on the fifth or something like, the, like maybe night two is less important than night one, but yeah, I think that could totally work. But yeah, I mean, they've got shitloads of possibilities. And then, like we had talked yeah. about before, too, with the Forbidden Door kind of being more or less opening it. Yeah, and it's some um, like, I would imagine like, like gonna with have new, new options, right? Uh, new, 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 new Japan, Japan strong. strong. Wow. wow. I, can't I can't talk. talk. 
tonight. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah with New, New Japan, Japan strong, uh, you can, can have American, American talent, talent on New Japan. Japan. Much easier. They, they don't, don't have to quarantine uh, because, because of the international travel. Right. Man, hopefully this shit gets... Uh, Get a vaccine! Yeah, in the meantime, at least we still got wrestling to talk about. <laughs> Get your vaccines! Right. So, any any other uh, wise parting words before we head out of here? Or and uh, uh, let's look forward to AEW, New Japan, and all these com- companies working together. Because I think it just helps the wrestling business. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's giving us more compelling products to watch. It's giving a lot of these wrestlers more options as far as places they can go and be successful. So, you know, the only people that it really is a down for is WWE, who, you know, it's only downside for them in that, like, it just threatens their monopoly control. But honestly, that's good for everybody else. So, fuck them. We'll leave on. Have a good week, everyone's words. Fuck them. Have a good one, everybody. Peace out.